I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to interesting people about things that were important to them when they were young. It's the final episode of Boovenalia. Ooh. 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 End of spooky season. And we're we back. Managed... We're, we're, we're bringing it down from the horror of last week. We're back into mm. slightly more traditionally spooky areas. Still with murders in them, but yeah. not chainsaw murders, which is which is good. <laughs> yeah. Which is positive. With us are Cassie Lady of the Creep Dive and Tall Tales and Lydia Ging of the Eight Design Company. Let's talk about practical magic. Woo! 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 Um, I'd never seen this before. Sarah, you've never seen it before. Yeah. Uh, Cassie and Lydia, tell us what is practical magic. You guys are a disgrace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> practical magic is the, the, the quintessential autumn film. It is the story of two sisters who come from a long generation of witches who are cursed by this awful uh, affliction that any man who loves an Owen sister is doomed doomed to die. Doomed to die, essentially. So it is a very sapphic, female, brilliant, autumnal film about witches and how men are trash anyway. Yeah. Uh, I found it interesting because we're bookending this season with Hocus Pocus and Practical Magic. And they both start in Salem, essentially. Yeah. But like from the different perspectives, the witches are the good guys in one and the bad in the other. So we're very sympathetic to witches in Practical Magic, not so much in Oak's Focus. Um, I don't think we're meant to feel, well, we're meant to feel very bad for the witches in Practical Magic, right? Yeah. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I mean, like, they're definitely, um, they're like outcasts. They're very formidable Mm. in that it's, first of all, it's Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. So they're instantly likable. They're beautiful. There's no way that you're destined. They're like not your traditional spooky crooked nose witch. Like they are definitely presented as just sort of the everyday casual witch. Um, Garden Variety 1998 witch. Exactly. Um, But from like the, from the offset of the film, when you understand, I suppose, how it's Maria Owen is the kind of generational aunt who um, is outed as a witch because she survives an execution attempt. She survives a, a hanging. The townspeople are aware then that she's a witch. And her husband fails to return to her from, I don't know, where off yonder oh, he like is. Not a husband. Like he's someone else's husband. Maybe he's someone else's husband. Yeah. Maybe that's his relationship. Like, colonial era. That, no, yeah. they said that. But that was the main issue of Maria Owens. Yeah. Is that like not necessarily that she was a witch, but that she, she was, was too the, beautiful. the harlot of the town that all the husbands fell in love with. Fair. Mm. So yeah, when when he, her lover, or husband, or otherwise re- fails to return to her, she is the one who who. Uh, sort of summons this curse upon all the Owens women and, and says that, you know, doomed are any men that, that come near um, me and, and, and my, and my kin. Exactly it. So she, I suppose, unbeknownst to her, curses the entire family. Um, and you see then very quickly that her offspring are affected and her daughters are affected and their daughters are affected. And it becomes a case that like, it's this kind of like backwards curse where yes, the men are doomed, but then the women die of heartache. So mm. very early on, we meet childhood uh, Sally Owens and Gillian Owens, and they are sent to live with their two eccentric, wonderful aunts, um, Je- Dan Weiss and Stucker Channing. Stucker Channing. Stucker Channing. Yeah. Stucker Channing. So, um, they are uh, amazing. Jet amazing. And for a better, a better duo in terms of older aunts. And also... Like, let's face it, they're probably not actually that old. I think when we were kids, no. well, when I was a kid, I was like, they're about 50. At, at a push. Yeah, yeah, at a push. Yeah, at a yeah. push. Um, yeah, yeah. So you see Sally and Gillian going off to live with, with Jet and Francis, Fran, yeah. Franny. And um, you can, you know, they, they say things like, oh, our mother died of a broken heart, didn't she? And you know that this curse has backfired incredibly on all of the poor Owens women. And I think they're having like a very hardcore girl home alone style childhood. Like there's all this beautiful shots of them wearing these immaculate angel costumes 
around this giant house and like eating chocolate and just having a really having a delightful time, Wild time. you know yeah. it's marks like, all it's, over their faces they don't have to do homework they're up late they're having the best just time practicing magic just having a great time practicing magic you know there's kittens there's a just random kittens walking around yeah, the fucking dinner table it's stunning you know? it's like a Wicklow dream um, but yeah, you can is, yeah. see and their sympathy builds very early on in the film because they're completely outcast from the other kids and it was as young children which is an interesting way to introduce the two main characters is to introduce them as very very mm. young kids and then very like little ski scene skip and they're they're older it's a very 90s thing yeah it's the same with like Forrest Gump or whatever that like you, you get yeah kids, in a montage soon as they're adults like yeah it doesn't matter what they've done but it's amazing how effective that little montage in the, is in the start you see uh their mother died you know that their father has died because of the curse Her, their mother died of a broken heart they're sensitive with the ants they have a little nice time but they're outcasts from their peers and stuff so they've built this little unit between them and immediately you're on their team you're like these are these these this is who we're rooting for like yes okay they're witches and then they grow up to do their boyfriends they're, but they do care? bad things when they're adults <laughs> but like they're not bad things because we love them and everything is justified and it's Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman so it doesn't matter infinitely forgivable behavior I think they leave a fairly steady wake of dead men behind them I think as a family um, but for yes. some reason you're never like you genuinely are kind of gunning for them uh, at every juncture you're like yeah alright well it's Sandra all- Bullock's first husband Pretty doesn't well. get an actual line in the film not one as far as oh, you know yeah. we, we only see him in a montage and he's like a good what seven eight minutes of the film he's there but no this words. is how a lot of women operate in cinema this is tables true. have fucking they turned. have turned and yeah. that's the only- beautiful thing about this film it's like the men are given no time whatsoever um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah very very early on in the film uh, it, Sandra Bullock is you know Sally Owens she's the very Good, witch, studious, botanical, interested in learning all there is to know about being a witch, doing her potions, you know, A plus, 10 out of 10, couldn't ask for a better witch. And then Gillian owns Nicole Kidman, the rebel without a cause. She is like the hellraiser. And so in when we're, I suppose we're supposed to be introduced them as what, teens, early 20s? Oh, where they like slice half their hands off and put it together. Yeah, they're teenagers running away or Gillian is running away. Gillian. Like, whatever, but it's set in so much that scene when they cut their hands. The way they cut them, it's so deep. Yeah, slice across the palm. Yeah, yeah. The they absolutely needed <laughs> stitches. Um, so yeah, we've they've positioned Sally as like the do-gooder and Gillian as the rebel. Sally seems to be the one who's like very hellbent on sticking to the curse and understanding that this really gives that curse, I suppose, value and is like, this is a real thing. Any man who comes near us will die. And when she's in that montage scene of of being a child, she um, performs a kind of spell where she is building her ideal man that will break the curse. And, you know, it's the impossible man. He's got... One eye is blue, one eye is green. His favorite shape is a star. She's building a character. Can ride a horse backwards. Yeah, she's kind of building a character mm. she doesn't think will exist in a way. She's also building David Bowie, though. Yes. So. Whoa, yeah. she really is describing yeah. David Bowie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she is. Or as we come to learn later, you know, Aiden Quinn, which uh, Aiden I don't, I, I don't believe anyone yeah. has ever written down and been like, Aiden Quinn is my dream man, but there you go. Char- charisma void. Yeah. Charisma void. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, in my opinion, is the only flaw of the film. Mm. No offense, Aiden mm. Quinn. Okay. There, no, I'd agree. I'd agree yeah. with you. It's not, oh. a, it's not a great... Sorry, our fire is crackling. Fire crackling in the background. <laughs> so cozy. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> so Gillian Owens is then the rebel without a cause. She kind of like doesn't really give way to the curse. She's like, I um, she's She's man crazy and she's going off to live her life, escape this sort of... Um, the severity not the severity of her aunts but like it's not even the aunts she's escaping I, f- I feel like it's the community that outcasted her as a child she's like mm. enough of this I'm gone I'm gonna go find my fun this time and her boring. whole thing is like I'm gonna fall in love a hundred times yeah, exactly. I'm just gonna fall in love again and again and again like she's so hungry for the world and in the sort of letters that she writes back to 
the teenage Sandra Bullock. She's just like, oh, I have a thousand friends and 800 boyfriends. I dance all day and I fuck all night. Yeah. You know, she's really... <laughs> she's living her life. Living the highlight. She's on her chain. Yeah, yeah. She's having a she's great time. Having, she's never not smoking cigarettes. Oh, she's fully she's on having the great time. Yeah, yeah. She's skinny. She's <laughs> drinking rum. She's smoking cigarettes. She's having the best time. And it, it just seems like she's... She doesn't... Um, she's not, she's not interested in witchcraft. She doesn't like, she certainly doesn't like value it or fear it in the way that Sandra Bullock's character does Sally owns. She never had as much of a gift supposedly no. as, as yeah. Sally as well. So like, and she's younger. So she's just loose and yeah. wants fun. Quintessential little sister who does bold things. Yeah. And yeah. then, <laughs> so you've got kind of two ends of the spectrum there with the two sisters. Um, Sally stays she falls in love with the local fruit and veg monger and <laughs> disaster strikes when she hears the death beetle and lo and behold in a very speedy montage her poor husband avoids death <laughs> with the bikes and then is hit, hit gets hit by a truck so uh and she's heartbroken and it's amazing because as i said it happens so soon in the film but you're like Fuck me, that 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 hits hard. Like that's she sad. Has, she has two whole kids. She has two whole ass kids of her own. In like three two years, she has two grown aunts who will look after them. She's nothing to worry about. That's true. Actually, childcare on speed dial, full on. Yeah, like, it seems you know. to be real. Like, They're grown kids. Ship the kids off to Stockard Channing, and they'll be fine. Um, yeah. So so he dies anyway, and then the story very much becomes. How are these two polar opposite sisters going to reconnect and come back together to support each other uh, and what needs to happen there? Uh, and, and where are they going to find balance where one is so afraid of witchcraft and one of them kind of, I suppose, admires it, but sort of shuns it a little bit and just wants to wants to be interested in something else. And how do they appreciate witchcraft and their values under the under the watchful eye of their aunts and raise lovely little witchy children in a responsible way <laughs> in an absolute mansion by the sea <laughs> the most beautiful oh, house ocean mansion see. yeah you put that now in Kalini and that's worth seven ten, million. Ten million. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, yeah at least it's one of those ones that they put up on the irish times where it's just like this colonial era or you know like it's a, it's a beautiful house there's a lot of great shots of inside the stairwell mm. like the to to dazzle you with the many floors that they yeah. have oh it's yeah. just incredible like, it's they built the whole floor. house especially for the film no right? way did they, they? they? yeah Whoa. they built the shell just the shell of it outside oh boo and then, so and then built the rest inside. of it somewhere else no and then they tore it down because it was just like too beautiful to exist i guess they couldn't it's just people too would just beautiful, be sad too glamorous yeah. Yeah. yeah it's total property porn on on in this mm-hmm. film it's it's got everything i mean this is why very large vegetable garden th- this as well. is it exactly like why you love bait. it right you've got yeah, yeah. some like sisterly love you've got some like badass aunts who and if this film was made today they would just be gay aunts right they're sisters but like you know you just mm-hmm. have the two well flaw for the men who fall in love with them I definitely think Franny is is potentially a gay aunt, but Stucker Channing speaks to her about her dead man. lovers in the past. But yes, lest we forget, sorry, the soundtrack. That's probably a part. Okay, I think it goes house soundtrack actresses. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's tra- yeah, it's, yeah. There's there's yeah three incredibly incredibly queer lovered things happening here in that like. If you wanted to have, um, I think, because Practical Magic, I think it's safe to say, has a massive kind of like queer female following. It's like you get into October 1st and everyone starts putting it on. I genuinely don't know, though, because like when I was growing up as a as a kid, everyone loved Practical Magic, I think. Like, I don't think it was just me. No, I, rented <laughs> I was renting this video. it every, every weekend. Yeah, I was renting it every single weekend like all throughout the year it was it was this and dracula dead and loving it which i just thought was very funny but like i can't i cannot stress to you how i feel like i am an alien from another planet right now how did i not know this film fucking existed i feel like i i there's just, it's just a huge g- a chasm like 1998 i am prime age to be like completely like to transcend everything in my normal life to via this fair, film though, Sarah, i you know? think i found it by accident when because when i was a kid you'd be roaming you know the aisles of extra vision and i think oh, i found it by yeah. accident and then that was it it was every 
subsequent weekend or I, I might have just kept it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and, and you were right. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> then forgetting about it for a couple of years and then seeing it again. I was buying DVDs as, I don't know, a teenager and then being like, oh my God, this film. I loved this film so much. And mm. I bought it again and it lived just at home kind of on top of the DVD player, you know? Um, so I can see why, I don't think it was necessarily... Like when you think back as a kid, you can see those trailers that were always on other films that you were watching. I don't ever remember seeing a trailer even for Practical yeah. Magic. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's Americans as well. I think I think it, a lot of, I see a lot of Americans talking about, you know, like mm. Pumpkin Spice Latte's Practical Magic season. And I'm just like, nope, not here, buddy. And I think that that part of the magic of discovering a film like this, especially one that is so teeming with sapphic energy is that you discover it by accident is that it's not like just shown on RTE at, yeah at the I half think past it seven. was yeah. probably a 12 you know? to be on the big big movie yeah it definitely I don't think it's PG I'd say it was like rated 12 and we probably no there's like murders and like strangulation yeah so I'd it's not say be we came across it in the mini time <laughs> I forgot yeah. about the strangulation of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. ambient sexiness in it as well do you know what I mean like it's not explicit mm. there's Marvin Gaye in the background and yes. there's a lot of drinking <laughs> yeah. and smoking yeah. So yeah, a lot of that. There's a lot yeah, of like yeah, yeah, rum yeah. from the bottle, and there's the great, you know, uh, making midnight midnight margaritas. Mid midnight margaritas. Oh so, yeah, yeah. It so was sweet. definitely not <laughs> a like I I was probably watched it. I'd say my parents watched it, and they were like, "This is fine." Little did they know, like they were like, "This is fine. You can go ahead and watch this. You're not going to be massively influenced by it." Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was probably I was probably like ten watching it twelves film i would say yeah that's about right though you know i feel like you're when you're that age especially you're always seeking things out that are just slightly out bit, of yeah, mm -hmm. just a little bit further ahead because like it does get real fucking murdery and real actiony really quick because it sort of sets up this sort of ideal like like this lovely matilda-ish child zone where these kids are mincing around their witchy aunt's house like heirs of sabrina to yeah sisterly uh witches who are taking care of you and, and like really yeah, they love real you like they're Sabrina not evil vibes ants. really when you think about it mm. yeah they really love the kids you know yeah <laughs> literally and um then and Nicole Kidman just is like peace literally disappears on the back of a dude and is like I'm never coming home see you fucking later leaving Sandra Bullock to be studious and do the whole uh, traditional capsule family thing um, until she's hit by grief. But then Nicole Kidman's uh, harem scarum ways start to fucking catch up with her real quick due to a uh, sexy uh, Transylvanian dude whose name is Angel? Jimmy Angelo. Jimmy. You have to Jimmy, kind of do yeah. the Jimmy Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it they described him as a Transylvanian um, cowboy? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, they really yeah, he's vampire cowboy. Really yeah. set him up to be some sort of like, like immortal, creepy, sexy kind of guy. Also from Eeyore fame, which was like yeah, huge at the time. Yeah. So like he was the the heartthrob of the film for the straights. Yeah, so, no, 100%. I think yeah, they do a lot of work on him. You know, there's a lot of they do a lot of work to make him super sexy. Um and I also like Nicole Kidman is also quite explicit in her like she arrives back in briefly to uh, to, to her sister's life after her sister's uh, husband is um uh unceremoniously disposed of uh to kind of lep into her sister's bed and be like you need to get your shit together. Yeah. Stop feeling so fucking sad. Come on. Uh, and I just, and uh, Sandra Bullock is like, what do you, what do you even do? And again, Nicole Kim is just like, just have so much sex with my handsome boyfriend that yeah. I have to drug him to get him to go sleep because he's just insatiable. And even Sandra Bullock at that point is like, you have to put drugs in his drinks to get him to go asleep. So there's this implication early on that he is an immortal person or an immortal being. He's not, I don't think. But there is an, not not early no, on. No, no, he's definitely not. He's, he's just like coked out of it or something. Party animal. He's just, he's just right. on drugs. Yeah. Like, or yeah. really likes to drink something. and gets a bit handsy and is not a nice guy. No, he's a creep. Yeah. He's an absolute no. creep. He's a serial like, killer, as we find out later. He's in fact, so, oh, yeah. literally a serial killer. An actual killer. serial killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That is a yeah. really big detail that I often overlook in the film. 
because it's justified the, for me that I just don't like him and they killed him. It is like two films smushed together. There's like a murder mystery procedural. And then it's that, Frozen. Yeah, which is about the relationship. And then, and then also Frozen. Oh my God, yeah, it's yeah. Frozen. <laughs> just because it it's about it's like frozen how your one true love in life Salem. is your sister. And you're like, oh my God, it is gay. <laughs> and one has more powers than the other one. And yes, very like, wow. Lots of parallels there, jeepers. Um, mm. So yeah, then... Uh, Nicole Kidman gets in a bit too deep with Jimmy Angel, uh, uh, Jimmy Angelo, and um, calls her sister for help. Uh, and her sister does that lovely pre nine eleven thing of being like, "I'm just gonna go get on a plane," and just straight no, up no, no, no. She drives. To her. She drives. Does she the drive? whole way yeah. to Joni Mitchell's case of you? No, 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 you're wrong there i'm not talking to your microphone (laughs) um (laughs) sally to case of case of you and then um right i don't remember she does mention a flight i think she's like i'll I'll get the first plane and i was like holy 19 holy 1990 sorry it is it's driving to to sally yeah case of you oh and we get lots of great car. wide shots of her driving along with her little sunglasses and like big sunrises yeah, yeah that's lovely montage um but unfortunately nicole kidman is being knocked around by terrible uh jimmy angelo and they're just about to get away uh and it's under the blood moon uh when nicole kidman is like oh shit my tiger's eye my crystal's missing uh, i think it's in his car and runs over to his car to get her one of her crystals mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, surprise, I'm still here. Big mistake. Uh, you're all coming with me. And it gets real CSI at that after And that. none of us mm-hmm. will listen to Elvis, you were always on my mind. The same again. Oh my again. God. <laughs> I found it on the porch. You were always on my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I suppose, okay. One of the things we, one of the kind of little pockets of info that is planted in the very early first few minutes of the scenes is that the witches and the ants are powerful and that while the townspeople Mm. ostracize them they will often come to them for witchy incredible help and because it's an early 90s film and it's based on a 1994 book the main affliction of the women in the town is the way that men treat them and how awful men are so when men are shit the women will go to the ants and will ask for help and they, uh, the, the ants very rarely will get involved and meddle with, with that kind of business. We know that when Sandra Bullock's first husband, for a, fee. for a little fee, they'll put a little, a little pin in the heart and make him adore you. Uh, real toxic. Well, that's great. Real toxic yeah, shit, yeah. but they will do it. Um, we know that when Sandra Bullock's first husband dies, that there is a spell within the book mm. that will bring someone back from the dead. But very it won't be importantly, them. the ants say it is not them. Yeah. It's an illusion yeah, of them. It's rules. something mm-hmm. akin to them, but it is not their full self. And it is dangerous. And we will not do that. And that is magic that we will not touch. And you know, I think they could have made more of that fucking scene. You know, I was watching it and I was just like, that is Sandra Bullock bawling her eyes out, asking her aunts, Brilliant. played by yeah, two fantastic actresses, pleading for to that they bring her recently dead husband back from the grave. I was like, wow, like, I don't know. It, it played rom-com at that moment where I was like, it that is, is incre- excruciating. Like, That's gothic. It's like the scene you know? in Changeling where Angelina Jolie is like, did That's you kill my, my son? son? Did you kill my son? Yeah. And she got the Oscar nom for that. And <laughs> she lost out to um, to uh, Kate Winslet play for the reader that year. Reader. But she that was an incredible performance by Angie. No, that's take- fantastic pop culture knowledge just to have <laughs> yeah. in the back yeah, of your head. You know, there, Kate, I gotta say, Kate Winslet <laughs> beat Kate Winslet for Revolutionary Road. She was up for it twice. Um, <laughs> she that's an that's an incredible scene, and no one can take that away from Angie. But I think, but this scene with Sandra being like, "Bring him back! I know you can bring him back." To me, is on par. Yeah, close. Mm. But like Sarah said, it could have been stretched out a little bit like we're at the the hands of 90s 90s um like 90 minute films where you know they're they're keeping to a strict timeline 
There's a little bit of shit CGI, which I think is also its its downfall. But if if it was made Ugh. today, well, it wouldn't be the same because you wouldn't have this nostalgia. But like there would be... Or the cigarettes. There simply yeah, wouldn't, yeah. Be, there wouldn't be a lot of the good <laughs> stuff in it. But like that, they wouldn't be so um, stuck to time. I just think it, maybe like if they had a, a longer uh, running time and whatnot, that there could be a little bit more done with those kind Dex. of scenes. Yeah, but I yeah, do yeah. think totally that scene sure. in itself is perfect. She's like, bring him back. And you can see the ants hurting and wanting to help her. Yeah, but, but they're racing. They race through it. They race through the first eight they minutes do. of the they film. They do, they yeah. do. The curse. No, in fairness, the, the main thing I thought of, sorry, going on. Just, yeah, too. they just like totally race through it when you've got like, they very quickly establish there's this curse there's the first husband's death. There's well, Gillian leaves before the hu- first husband's death, and Sandra Bullock is heartbroken all within the first ten minutes. There's the an film. obvious template they're using, but yeah, go on. <laughs> the main thing I thought about when I finished it because was that really I wish it was like four hours longer. Yeah, yeah. Like mm. if, if it would be a miniseries now, and like oh, it could because every everything is very much the plot in this film. Nothing. They, they have a lot to get through. They give themselves a lot of plot to get through in that film. They're not luxuriating like, in I guess, it, no. Because it's adapted in a book. I think, I think if it wasn't a book, they might have done yeah. a little bit less with it. But yeah, it's like, it needs to be six hours long. And at it least, should I be. Think. It should yeah. be. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, so after uh, Jimmy Angelo uh, kidnaps them and they're all kind of motoring away into the middle of nowhere he does something really frightening which i think is one of the only yeah. really scary moments in it where he has this ring which is either like a hawk's face or a skull, a skull. i couldn't really tell yeah. and he just heats it up with his lighter and he's about to fucking brand nicole yeah, as you in do. the back yeah. of the car like wow yeah like that was unexpected as a turn like that was real fucked up not nice bad vibes real dark but again um, it's that ring that connects him to being much later in the film where like as if they had to continuously justify that they killed this shit man uh, <laughs> it is that ring <laughs> he's, yeah. he's crap like but it's, he is, it's he that is. ring that is the connection because it's that ring that's discovered in the soil and that's the thing mm. that, that later we get to that, that Aiden is like there you guys were responsible here. Oh, the ring isn't only discovered in the soil. The ring is vomited up by a frog. That's it, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's just a sitting there on the rock and then it's like, Bleh, and lo and behold, evidence appears from the toad's mouth. Exquisite. Um, so they uh, kill him and then worry about it. So they, and then probably uh, do a little uh, uh, spell, spell and bring him back to bad life. Not normal life, bad life. And then they're like, oh shit, what have we done? Better bury him in the garden and pretend nothing has happened. No, it's I just like realized bringing, that like, they kill him again with the yeah with, with the frying yeah. yeah. pan. So they kill him yeah. first yeah. with the the sedative. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. In right. this beautiful moment of 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 like telepathic communication between like, the two sisters yeah. in the car, there's like a very quick changing of hands and f- filling the tequila bottle up with them. Um, uh, belladonna which is a poisonous plant I knew and, it and uh, Sandra Bullock is too busy magic. driving to dose him correctly and um, hands the, the bottle of poison booze back to him and he simply dies in the back of the car yeah. it's very helpful. then they panic exactly that they're like we need to use the spell use the magic that we know to bring him back to life he comes Do back a little whipped cream yeah, pentagon thing. on his chest bit, and of, then... bit of occult stuff and he obviously comes back as this terrible Worst version of himself, where he immediately then tries to to strangle. Doesn't he? Doesn't he immediately try yeah. to strangle? Yeah, he immediately tries to strangle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. then they kill him with a frying pan. Decide to bury him in the back garden. Shoes go down into the ground, but we know that something is amiss because he keeps kind of rising from the ground. You see his the tips of his boots, which as a child really stuck with me the thoughts of his little pointy boots it was like um it's kind of like uh the wicked witch of the whatever in dorothy it was very similar to that that. and i just remember being like that is not for me and terrifying (laughs) i think (laughs) as well sarah that's the reason why you probably missed it it was like we said it was so in between um 
charming. It was so and scary. childish and so scary. Yeah. They didn't know where the feck to put it in terms of genre. <laughs> but as we know, those are always the best works. Works that are difficult to classify, different difficult to put a sales sticker on, and they're always the ones that we end up talking about on the show where these are weird shows and weird movies that can't exist now because everything is algorithmically designed yeah, and generated. Exactly. But I think this is exactly audience. the kind of film that would do really, really well now. Like, obviously, if you put it on Netflix, it would get that terrible, like, Riverdale treatment where it would become too Ooh. supernatural and You mean spooky. if they redid it? If they redid it. But, like, it has, like, can you not imagine the TikTok lesbians going fucking wild oh, for practical wild. magic? Buck wild. It's probably too problematic right. for them for different reasons. No, no. I mean, there's nothing too problematic um, for Netflix. No, it's pretty. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's pretty. Maybe. Well, I'm sure they find something. But like, um, there's like a two was murders. At one point, so. Well, there's a couple of murders. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh, Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Riverdale. They've got the lesbians. They've got what else? They've got murder for absolute sure. Like. There's definitely there'd be no harm, or they wouldn't see anything wrong with putting it into a a Netflix format for sure. But mm. do we want to see it ruined? I don't think. No, so. we don't because it's no. perfect. No. no, leave it in the past. And it is really funny that it takes until the latter half of the middle act slash last act for the man who Sandra Bullock ends up with to show up in the picture. And this is this void in the story, right? This fucking char- charisma black hole. Wait. Okay. This guy uh, is the of this void. Like there is no, there is no chemistry between them whatsoever to warrant him being really, like, so to give, I suppose, context to anyone who hasn't seen Practical Magic, Jimmy Angelo's gone missing because they've killed him and buried him in the garden. Uh, all is going well for a while. They're settling into life and then up turns Aiden and Quinn. I keep going to call him Aiden. We keep Gillen. forgetting his this name because he's like, Stop he's it. a void. He's just like empty. Uh, so like, up turns Aiden Quinn investigating the disappearance of Jimmy Angelo. And uh, obviously, do-gooder Sally Owens is sweating profusely and doesn't know how to hide it. Big, big part of the plot is when she wouldn't have been able to lie to him. So that's the whole oh. thing. Is she can't... Whenever he asks her a question, she's like, yeah, I bur- buried him in the back garden. And he's like, haha, very funny. So that's, that's, that's true. Part of Oh, she's like, yeah, I'm I missed twice. that detail. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. watched it so many times. Um, mm. So, yeah, he turns up and she doesn't immediately realize that this is the man that she has wished for. He is presented as this uh, sheriff character who was, uh, <laughs> you know, who's, who's there to do his job. But, like, the, the, there is one major plot hole in that, like, without any obvious chemistry, he has fallen for a suspected murderer so much so that he is being shit at his job because she's giving him the evidence and he's just willing to overlook it. Yeah, but he wished for her too. Mm, Great dialogue. (laughs) Very, very powerful dialogue. And also just like on a a realism level, like Sandra Bullock looks about as good as anybody's ever looked in this film. Yeah, You would overlook a lot and forget about how to do a lot of basic stuff. (laughs) Is like paying attention to you in yeah. that film. All critical faculties out the yeah. window. Like, in that big, beautiful house as well. You're like, I'll kill yeah. someone oh. here. And her adorable children come uh, on. Evan, Evan Rachel, Rachel Wood. Wood. Yeah. Perfect. That's Evan Rachel Wood. You know? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you hair. would. You would forgive Sandra Bullock. Um, so investigation continues. Uh, little does Aiden Quinn know that that the supernatural is involved. Even though he starts to suspect, he's like, people... He's like, are you a witch? Are you a witch? The townspeople are saying you're a witch. And she's also, like... Also, one blue eye, one green eye, probably stolen by fairies as a child. So Probably. That's interesting. He's in tune with it. Yeah. The Irish yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. weird vibes. He's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Not Bowie enough. They're too similar. <laughs> They're too similar on the screen. I'm kind of there squinting. I'm like, uh, you don't look mm. like enough of a freak. You're kind of... <laughs> Yeah, 60% freak. If I if if I had made a potion witch or like spell and Aiden Quinn turned up, I would turn them away. Them away. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, guys. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you can succumb to the curse. Um, but yeah, TikTok. He's... <laughs> Off you go. Um, yeah, so he's investigating the murder. Uh, he's growing fonder and fonder of Sally Owens. Jillian. Nicole Kidman's character is the one that discovers Sally 
Sally's old notebook and realizes very quickly that this is the no, man. I'm sorry, Cassie. The kids, <laughs> you're incorrect. Her children, oh, her children, that. but then, but Gillian has already um, developed a plan that she's got the kids in on to uh, poison his. No, turn him away. Yeah. yeah, poisonous pancakes that'll make him just want to go away. And but then the kids realize the the spell or the charm that oh, her mother, him. yeah, and was like, so, no, mom wants to fall in love again. We're keeping him. Yeah, so they dump the the poison maple syrup. That's when the frog the the frog croaks out the uh, the ring, <laughs> and things are spoiled. So, um, yeah, I think the the big issue that I have with the budding love story between the two of them is that Sally feels compelled to confess to him. And he feels. I thought you said Sally Fields there for a second. I was like, she ain't (laughs) in it. (laughs) She could be. She could be one of the townspeople. Everyone else is, but not her. Um, Yeah, Um, Sally feels compelled to confess, and he feels like compelled almost to protect her. And it's like this is a little bit, you know, prior to these two people meeting, we're to believe that he's an incredible sheriff, and that Sally's loyalty (laughs) is to her sister. So, and in the like, in the least sexy scene. On the planet, yeah, Sandra Bullock, in, her, in, her, in the height of her beauty, shows up to where he's staying and is like, uh, we did a kind of a murder on the man. And by this point, we know he's already a serial killer. You know, the audience is sort of relieved and do- doesn't feel so bad about what they did because we know that he's a bad person. And instead, he's like recording her on a fucking dictaphone and in an, in an untraceable act of chemistry. I Yeah read no chemistry yeah. in this scene she confesses and he just starts smooching her yeah and there's this really awkward moment where he sort of like reefs her down on the bed again any other actor alive this would have been pretty fucking spicy and he just removes the shoulder of her cardigan in a single swoop of his hand and it's so robotic it's re- it, it, it's it is not there calculated to be sexy it's just not there it's very unsexy and she kind of you know untethers herself from him and is like oh my sister needs me and then just runs back to her sister who has since become possessed uh, possessed by the spirit of Jimmy Angelo the spirit of Jimmy Angelo um, Jimmy Angelo yeah. Yeah. sorry you cannot remember keep, him keep, his name to save your life James Angelo Jonathan the Angel <laughs> James. Jimmy Anglaeus. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have absolutely no... He's not logic in my head at all for some reason. I don't fucking know. Because he's, he's a very two-dimensional character. It's just, he's I very, disagree. I think he's quite... He's quite dim- like I prefer him now to Aiden Quinn as I prefer as him awful to Aiden as he Quinn, is. Yes. I genuinely cannot remember what Aiden Quinn's name is in the film. I just don't feel like he's Jesus. No. Do you know what? Neither do I. There's another actor he kind of looks like who's sort of oh my god, what the fuck is his name in the film? Gone. Like it's just not gone. <laughs> yeah, it's just... At least Jimmy D'Angelo is like fucking good... like. At least that's kind of funny. So you at least have a shape of it. But I've absolutely got no idea who Aiden Quinn is playing. This is really mean. I'm so sorry, Aiden. Like, I'm so sorry, man. Gary. Aiden not on you. Gary. Would Gary. Elementary. Gary. <laughs> Who would have, like, I, sorry, come on. Just, just, They're just not to say, trying. this is my favorite film of all time. If you had asked me, what's Gary. his name, Gary, I would have been like, no. Absolutely not. No. Nah. 10, no way. Gary, I beg of you. Gary. Like, you would send him back into the sea. Oh, 100%. Show, his name was Gary. You go off you go with your cowboy Sorry, bitch. Tani, Gary's here. Um, Jesus. So, Gillian is now possessed with the evil spirit of Jimmy Angelo. And um, Sally rushes back to be by her side and realizes that the curse or the possession is so great that she will need uh, a coven of witches to come around her which means that she will and this is heralded in by the reappearance of the two aunts who a couple of nights ago realized there was something afoot so they all get pissed at the kitchen table during margarita night have a lovely old sing-along together and devolve into slagging each other real bad like every single night on the piss with every collection of women i've ever attended it's real serious after a certain point and then everyone starts slagging each other and then somebody stands up and goes fuck this i'm out yeah yeah like the, the two aunts are like used to have been doing something real bad and we're not helping you and we're taking you need the to this out and we'll take <laughs> the babies and yeah so uh, when Sally realizes that that she's going to need a, a coven and uh, loads of people around her she has to put her pride aside and reach out now Sally has done great work in repairing the reputation of the Owens women 
in the town. Ah, uh, she, she, she has done her best, but it's still there. It's still, there's still there's hush whispers, but she has the she has uh, you know her two pals who work in uh, work in her. Um, no, more to the point, apoc- she has her their very hip tree. Apocathery. Isn't it gorgeous? What? The, oh, the, the coal, coal tree. tree. That's yeah. the, the yeah. answer to everyone's prayers so in the end. She's yeah. The coal tree is kind of this this system where she's. It's the usually this isn't it this it's the school it's system. The school system right and she's usually picked last to be at the very end of the call tree that she will get called one of the last it's like the most prominent mom will call two moms and they'll call two moms between them and then it'll filter down and then it will reach the people at the bottom branches this is what people did before they had fucking whatsapp groups they organized <laughs> each other in yeah. terrifying social hierarchies and do you know what i actually think that's probably better yeah no. so <laughs> like absolutely better crucially again in part of like one of the things practical magic does exceptionally well for a 90 minute film is to set up all these like completely explicable mm. cues there is no point in the film where you're like well why did that happen why did that happen everything is a is explained beautifully so when Gillian returns initially she goes to the parent-teacher meeting or some sort of school function with Sally and she does a little a little hex so that Sally is selected as one of the top prominent people at the phone tree much to the dismay of everyone else but they're like oh she's up there so when Sally realizes that she needs a, a coven, coven of witches she and brooms and brooms and everything else she calls her two friends and she starts calling the phone tree. And the thing that brings all these women together beautifully. The hatred of Sal- all men. Hatred of men. <laughs> Just that the men are crap. And so instead of being like, hey, how are you? The rumors are true. We are a witch. She kind of like really breezes past the whole, yes, yes, we're into witchcraft. But we need your help because this awful dick has uh, possessed my sister. And I need you to come here and... And there's a great moment where like one of the women who was who were always like have always been men's like, yeah, he's apparently he's an awful just this ex and like everyone comes together around like the fact that they have like a mutual enemy and turn up with their broomsticks or their hoovers or whatever. It's just fantastic because nothing despite your differences, nothing bonds people together more like a mutual hatred or the shared experience of. Uh, men being break shit. Up. <laughs> I'm, I'm break, yes. break up. But also, if someone rang you and said, "Do you want to do some witch shit?" You'd be like, yeah, I'm in. yeah, I'm well, in. yeah, I'm in. But I no matter, we're all even if you even if you really dislike the person, you'd still be like, "All right, we'll oh, maybe we'll I do would. the witch yeah, shit." Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely yeah. susceptible yeah. to that witch shit. Yeah. But like, this is witch shit, witch shit. Witch shit. <laughs> um, but it's amazing to see how it trickles down and the gossip flows, and then all of the women come together. And they decide to perform in Act Three after two murders, an exorcism. Just a casual exorcism. While you're talking, I'm just gonna go let the dog out because she's barking in the background. So I'm gonna be listening for two minutes while you talk about the exorcism. Totally right. Because my poor dog is having a cry. Um, do you want to explain the exorcism? Oh, I will. But like, this is where I feel the movie lets us down a little bit because it's been so. Well, there's been a couple of flaws, but it's been mainly flawless up until this point. Then we have um, all the women gather around a circle, joining their broomsticks or their hoovers or whatever the case, um, together, a circle around Gillian, who is at this stage gray in the face and drooling with the spirit of Jimmy Angelo pulsating out of her. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very visceral. there's I can't, there's a bit of an issue. They're trying to they're trying to get him out. They're chanting. I don't think he leaves. They don't know how to 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 get it's him not, out. It's not quite working. Yeah, there's I can't remember it's exactly. Because it's not it's, working. I think Gillian's going through. Gillian is is they're trying to do it, and it's becoming so traumatic for Gillian that Sally that, stops yeah, it. Yeah, because she's about to yeah. die, and she's like, she's too weak. Yeah. If we go any further, she might die. And then they're like, oh, what can we do? What can we do? And there's this moment where um, she realizes that it's the bond between them that will break the curse, that it's the, the sisterly love that will be able to break the curse for all eternity. Very frozen. Um, mm-hmm. So for a moment, they break the circle of brooms and um, with with Jimmy's bottle of tequila, Sally lures, lures him out, come hither, Jimmy, have a have a little drink with me, and he kind of comes to and and is is interested. And at that moment, 
Am I wrong? At that moment, she they, cuts herself again, and they do the blood pact again. Yeah, exactly. They they join hands, and his spirit bursts out. Yeah, it's the issue. Sorry, the reference to where it said it, it let itself down. It's not necessarily, and not at all. In fact, the the storyline. I think that's um, sublime. But it's the CGI of bloody Jimmy Angelo. Angelo in this like little gray ghosty face that we then see appear. I was like, oh, that's, but there is this great moment. That's 90s there. There is this absolutely <laughs> phenomenal um, moment when that happens and it's really wild. And he um, he bursts out of her body and then he goes up to the ground <laughs> and he drops to the ground like... Dust. A pile of dust, and they all and I just sweet. forget the actor's name because I'll. It's like one of Mrs. Those, Quick. It's not Mrs. Quick. It's um. So you know Mrs. Quick from Sabrina is in it. There's another link to oh Sabrina. Oh my god! Yeah. I knew I oh, her geez, face. Yeah, yeah. I could see a face there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it Margot Martindale? Yes, uh, it's Margot Martindale. Where she yeah. she turns around to the mall and she's like, "Let's clean house." And is that is it <laughs> Linda Bennett who does that? No, it's I think I thought it was Linda Bennett. Anyway, it's doesn't one matter. Of the shop friends, doesn't right? not yeah. matter. Yeah, no, it's Margot Martindale who does it. She turns around, she's like, Let's "Oh yes, clean. yeah." Linda Bennett is her name. Yes, it? yes, yes, yes. Um, and then they all clean and they sweep them all out together, and then they all fall. They fall together laughing, despite the trauma of having um been accessories to murder. Um, and then from there, everything's fine because Aiden Quinn is like, "We have ruled Jimmy Angelo's death as." An accident, you've nothing to worry about, and all's well that ends well. And they're integrated into the community, and sisterly love is wonderful. And then they jump off the roof of the beautiful building for Halloween. And they float float to the ground in their cute witch witch costumes. Like Rory Gilmore in Cottage. Yeah. Um, The the, uh, image of all the brooms crossed for the spell. I never, that's that's new witch imagery to me. I really love that. The idea of that being a like a binding circle using interconnecting brooms. I thought it was yeah. really cool. I don't know if that is that a a practical magic original or I don't think so. Do Something think? I've ever done. And I've done a bunch of <laughs> witch things. I've done some wild shit. So I have not I have not done any crossing of, of I'm right in saying though, myself. someone does actually bring in one of those nineties um vacuums. Vacuums. The sta- the do you know the long vacuums? Do you know those ones? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. To the brain, they the have brain brain focus, yeah, yeah. which yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is lovely. I think there's so much of like interconnected imagery here between like sisterhood, between uh, community, between with witchcraft. Hocus Pocus. No, no, no. In practical magic, oh. that like a lot of the sim, you know, the symbolism is about that like interconnected space, and and definitely one of the most prominent themes of the film is connectivity and interpersonal relationships and how community is important. Even like the 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 relationship between the witches and how a curse the curse transcends down through the generations binding mm. the female um relations together all the time and how they're ostracized mainly by female peers in the community and then how it is that uh, it is it, it is through the the women that they come back together and they're okay uh, which is obviously like i suppose the the reconnecting of the townspeople at the end and being this sort of saving grace to them goes back to, I suppose, what we understand about witches and that it was always something that it was female specific. And it is. Yeah. It's yeah, it was women who people couldn't control. Um and that's where it started. It was women who were operating, especially because they're referencing Salem and that really particular era of, of America. There were women who were uh, older and unmarried, making their own money, operating inside of society, um Casting spells. Contingent on the patriarchy. Casting spells. <laughs> but like they were pocket fairies, they were healers, or they were sex workers, yeah. or they were. A lot of the time they were midwives. Working midwives. Yeah, they yeah. were operating at adjacent to the family unit, but not within it. Do you know? They weren't marrying dudes and settling down and having kids. They were doing other stuff for society, right? Mm. Uh, which is an incredibly important role. But at a certain point in people became suspicious of them because, again, they were making their yeah. own money. They were, they were providing for themselves. They didn't need to marry in order to take care of themselves, which is why our first Owens sister, the OG Owens, who snaps stone cord and her hanging, also 
similarly to shit that wouldn't get made today you could not open a fucking movie on hanging today I swear but to God. i would watch that right? film sorry i would watch oh, that yeah, film. i'd be sold yeah 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 uh and she is uh that's why she's ostracized because she's been connected to an already married man right yeah. so it's people who are operating outside the patriarchy and you can see with the sisters um Dan Weiss and um, Stalker Channing Stalker Channing that they are operating outside of their own yeah. town you know they're they're operating out they're unmarried they're operating outside of the culture they don't they're, the other women who they're pit against are real nuclear family women mm. they're women with kids they're women in a sort of a school group they're moving in a flock like you can see how that I guess it's an intergenerational intergenerational trauma Jesus Christ every time I go back to it it's intergenerational trauma it's like these cycles of outsiderness and outsiderness that gets passed down so in lots of ways Sandra Bullock opening her apothecary is like okay I'm going to try and repair the intergenerational trauma that I have at the town by directly opening a business doesn't really work and I think when she meets uh, Aidan Quinn there's this or when things start kicking off with him she's like you know you fall in love with me you're going to die and he's just like Curses don't work unless you believe in them. So he's using the power of atheism to defeat a generation-old fucking family curse, which is also a problem in the story. <laughs> but also like, he nah. believes in the power of his badge because his badge saves him and burns true. Jimmy later on. Yeah, Very an true. amulet, right? Yeah. So yeah. maybe he's a witch and maybe that's why it mm. works. Maybe he believes know? in a little bit of magic. Um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting what you said there about uh, the going back before the intergenerational trauma that... Uh, the women are pitted that she's pitted against all the time are these like nuclear family women. But like that is definitely again just we see those women at the start of the film through like a, a patriarchal lens. And it's at the end when they come together and bonding over come the fact together. this guy was shit. It's like that is again an illusion. Like like all the magic in this film or the 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 it, it's all about illusions and perceptions and things like that. And then you realize that there's more to these women than just their values or what we perceive their values to be just because they have mm. they're they're not witches they're like normal townspeople um and i think all in all the whole story is about repairing perception of women mm. and bonding mm. uh bonding women together i don't know it's just it's a fucking perfect film i think it's, it's funny it though is. because um at the end Sally, who swears off men from childhood and swears off love, ends up with someone and then it's it's Jilly who looks like she's going to go in the same path as her aunts and, aunts, yeah. and not marry or fall in love and, and rely on herself. But I alone. think the curse is broken then, so at least it's an option. No, I just feel like that's what she's doing. She's happy in her garden. She doesn't need a man. She will she's fall in love a hundred times and then when she's done, she will become she will a cool find aunt. Olivia King and settle down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is impossibly gorgeous. I feel like there's a lot of Sandra Yeah, we've talk talked about Sandra Bullock. Podcast. I'm sorry, but We're I think... We're not talking about how absolutely In my opinion, perfect Nicole Kidman is the most in practical magic the most beautiful person that has ever walked the earth yeah 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 and it's an interesting one for nicole kidman because obviously like nicole kidman is a global international incredible like household name like a superstar and we know her most recently i guess for roles in things like big little lies and um she's always been an international you know, and she's always been an international star but when you think of like how she's she's entering her street years lads yeah she's going up into they street territory now but you see her in like the roles she, she she's so careful in what she chooses she she chooses really great tv shows and really great films like from the time she did moulin rouge up until say mm. big little liars and the one with the jacket all the coats with, I forget that yeah. with Hugh Grant. She plays very, yeah. she plays very repressed characters nowadays. She does, and she's and, so which refined, is not really, yeah. and she's do, she does it so well. She's a really like mm. she's great. She gives a great simmer. That's it. She's a really she? like she's a really like her face doesn't have that much movement like, anymore. You see, is a thing. That's so. true. But I think yeah. she's done that. I think she's done that throughout her career. No, but what I'm saying is that practical magic is like where she really lets loose. I'm surprised more she's like on. hardcore Nicole Kidman fans don't refer to practical magic as one of her greatest roles you know That's like true. she's yeah, yeah. so think, loose and fun and sexy in it in a way that she doesn't well i think you see a bit of that in Milan rouge as I well mean, yeah. you see a bit of her as kind of this incredible sex symbol this sort of bold like vivacious sensual character and you see her t- i feel like she has more in common in practical magic 
as she does in Mulan. Like, I think that's sort yeah. of two iterations of the same character. And do you know what it is? Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise. That is... That is what is playing out in the Pre-tom background, Cruise. like a dark note, yeah. like a bad symphony. I mean, when you, yeah, th- yeah. when you think about the scenes early on where she meets Jimmy Angelo and she's at this pool and she's smoking and she's drinking and there's all the hips swaying and stuff like that. That's like kind of sexy in the way that we would have perceived to be trashy back then. Like it was mm. like a, a kind of like... 1998, different world. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it was... It's a, it's a shorthand for it, like a bar scene. It's always... This is introducing a trashy character. Yeah, she got yeah. the shorts. Yeah. the slut. Like that's what the yeah. women in the town were trying mm. to to say about her. Do you know? That's why they didn't like, like her. Also, because they were intimidated. During that fabulous piss-up scene, at a certain point, Sandra Bullock does call her a slut. Oh yeah, you know, refers to the yeah, 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 and she yeah, also right. like, um, she, which is no, hilarious. And Channing like, calls her a slut. But it's also, is, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Is a clunker of a word to drop it on a makes, movie, and like yeah. you don't you don't hear it thrown around up very much. No, more. not at all. It's like a bit of a like taboo a, now, isn't it? <laughs> bit of a fucking bit of a harsh fucking word. She also has like a tattoo on her chest. She's having a great time. Yeah, yeah. ten out of yeah. ten. Fucking time. All for it. Yeah. For, ten out of ten. for Nicole Kidman, I just think it's a really it's a really fantastic role to see her in for an actress that has now grown into something that is so refined and curated mm. and like pristine. To be able to refer to this movie where uh, she's loose. We're going to have to agree to disagree because I think even in Big Little Lies, she's now we're going on complete tangent. But I like you that there's a an element of her that's completely composed. And then you see like horrendous scenes of her being sexually abused and her going crazy. And OK, fair. Like, no, you're I, right. I, I think there's there was a period of time in kind of her career where she was married to Tom Cruise, Australia that she years. was completely, you know, she was much more downplaying like a lot of her roles or she wasn't even taking probably a lot of a lot of roles but also yeah. like again to compare her to streep directly again like streep was dicking around a bunch when she was young as well she was in fucking um uh Deffy comes her you yeah. know she's yeah. was also well capable of being Let's like sexy in camp you know it's yeah. great it's yeah. bizarre um so i think that there's she's going through that chrysalis period and that changing into like a dame style actress do you yeah know what I mean? yeah like yeah. and uh, she's currently undergoing a kind of a moment a, a meme moment we don't have amc theaters in ireland but the americans have her in trailers for going back to the movies in amc theaters they have like a little you know the way they play a little sting when you are going to the, the cinema where it's like go to the fucking lobby and buy something oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of shit they have her in a sting like that in the states where it's just like, I love the cinema. I love the theater. Isn't it special to all be here? And apparently it's so overwrought and so camp that everyone's fucking super obsessed with it. So I've seen a little murmuration of Nicole Kidman, the AMC sting. Like I've seen it a bit online and that mm. seems to be what she's undergoing at a, on a pop culture moment right now. You know? Amazing. Going to look that up. For the sound of Weaver having a sing in the background inexplicably. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Um, so that's what's happening for her right now in my eye line. But I would say as she continues to grow into the next season of her life, um, she's only going to become more and more ferocious and more and more like formidable as an actress, you know? But like, I don't know. I, I would live for her in sillier and fun, more fun roles because she's so fun and delightful in this film like she's someone who you want to spend time with yeah yeah whereas sandra bullock is playing a much more burdened role she's playing yeah. a much heavier role she's you wouldn't go for a drink with her kid no well, you this. would like, you would you would go for a drink with her but it'd be a very different though. kind of drink you know she's hard she's having a harder time like it's it's not i mean it's, so perspective is she no, she was great crack and margarita night. Like, <laughs> yeah, she was. She was getting margarita night. Better around the place and had to, you know, run away That's true. from They're her. Both having a terrible yeah, time. Yeah, they were equally yeah. having pretty bad times. But again, they were handling very dark yeah, but themes in, like, here with a very light hand. Early nineties context. The only thing worse than getting better around your man was not having one, and so Sally's sadness. And him getting mysteriously murdered by yeah. a truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting though, because the book is because I would I I would love to see more practical magic in my lifetime, but it's one of those precious films where I'm like, don't remake it. No, do a reboot with Sandra reboot Bullock and but here's the thing, Nicole Kidman. Alice I'd Hoffman. That. That's the great Alice. Alice Hoffman, the writer of Practical Magic, right? So there's there's other there's two other books. There's the Rule of Magic, the Rules of Magic that was released in 2017, 
which is a prequel to Pact of Magic, Magic Lessons in 2020, which is another prequel, which, I mean, you could probably do because you could have young characters and you would still love them and it would be fine. It's not going to ruin the, it's not going to ruin the magic of Practical Magic. But this year she released the book of magic, which is a sequel. So, nah, don't want to know. I think Aiden Quinn, not a fan. No, Aiden Quinn's dead in it, yeah. right? He's dead. He has to be Okay, dead. fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has to be like inexplicably like uh, and just like that, he was dead, kind of. Did he get beetle dead? Did he get like cursed dead? I just think like regular, regular dead. No, like, they definitely, br- they had, they, that was the end of the classic. curse <laughs> in the film. That was the end of the curse. Yeah. I think maybe like a heart attack or shot on the job if you want something. Exciting. Oh, shot on the job. Shot on the job. Mm, also honorable. Yeah, 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 died, yeah. Died, died in honor. And then we have, um, we need to have, you know, Sally and Gillian in the house. Uh, God love, rest I mean, Evan, Ra- Ra- Evan Rachel Woods and the other one. Yeah, our Evan <laughs> Rachel Wood is grown up and she, maybe one of them's gay. Maybe that's the sequel. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe, maybe just that's it. Indoctrinating teen girls into cults. That's what we need. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, so that's, that's where I think they should go with it. I would, I will read the book of magic and revert back to you on what the sequel will be and should be, and then I'll start putting pressure on uh, Reese Witherspoon, obviously because Nicole Kidman does everything that Reese Witherspoon does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you gotta do, man. Tap them, tap them from the right angle. Like that's how you go. You get to Kidman through Witherspoon. That's how you do it. Yeah. Okay. Like I don't want to. I don't want to stop you if you're still. Fl- Do you feel like you've said everything you want to say about practical magic? Yes. At this point, I th- I think yes. I think I've got it all out there. The only other thing I wanted <laughs> to say, and yes. I was because th- I was thinking about this earlier. You know the way there's that word for comfy comfiness. Okay. Yeah. Whatever it is, I was thinking there needs to be a word for autumnal female. 90s movies sent, set in the US, set in Salem. There needs to be a word for the feeling those films give you. The kind of hocus, hocus practical yeah. magic. Because it's so special, yeah. I think. Do you know? When, when I, and it's so specific. Yeah, it's yeah. very specific. When you think of like, oh, I'm going to sit in and watch one of those films. Like, I'm going to light all the fucking candles, which I can tell you, there's a lot. I'm going to like light the pumpkin or whatever. Do you know? Like, literally, you should see our setting here. There's pumpkins and candles everywhere. Um, But that's the feeling it gives you. I'm going to like make popcorn and I'm going to sit in front of it and like really enjoy it. And it's going to give me a very specific feeling. I feel like there needs to be a word to describe it. Pumpkin. 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 With like a little dots over the. Yes. Yes. I like it. Meets the dots. Yeah, yeah. It's like, or maybe like a pumpkin spiska. <laughs> spiska, spiska. <laughs> spiska, yeah, yeah. Pumpkin spiska. That's real solid. I like that. Going that to is, a DA candle near you. <laughs> it's almost, it's almost more appropriate to this time of year than the horror stuff. I think. I because, think so too. Like, yes. it, it it lasts into November. It's got a wider angle at the beginning of this uh, of Spookanelia, Boovenelia. We next year we'll do Spookanelia. Mm-hmm. Um. In the beginning of the Bovenilia season, we were like, there's a really fucking close window on when we can do spooky shit because that ends its Christmas like immediately into November. But my argument is that we should be able to hold that like yeah. pumpkin like energy until like. I agree. Oh, there's still like Yanks a darkness, better. but it's the not Yanks necessarily hold it to the 25th of November. Or, yeah, mm. there's a dark. I had the same thing with um because we have like, say, our Samhain candle and then we have our Ebenezer candle. But I was like, there needs uh, to be a. Something in, in, between. B- in between. So I came mm. up with in solstice, which is kind of like a dark kind of like it still has. That I have it feeling. Uncle, like I can't reach it. It's across the desk for me. Oh, amazing! And it does have that. But real it, to give yeah, that kind of feeling of one. like we're out of okay, fair enough. We're out of Halloween. Thirty first of October has ended. But I have that feeling of like I'm not quite in the depths of Christmas like feeling season. like cinnamon and whatever. Like there needs to be that kind of yes. Exactly. That. Yeah, the Americans have it right because they have a whole bunch of different holidays in November than we do because they have Thanksgiving, yeah. you know, because they're all, like down that deep colonial rabbit hole. Whereas we just are like, okay, I guess it's Christmas now in November, yeah. Yeah. which is a very lot. It's a lot it's a of lot. Christmas, man. It's like that's a lot of fucking, as a non-Christmas enjoyer, it's a lot of fucking Christmas. So I do think there needs to be wiggle room. There needs Some to be people start in September though. Seasonal experiences. Oh, 
good on them I, I if you love Christmas work yeah serve there's a song I, like there you go I wasn't joking it is in front uh, of me um, the song is a scandal but like I don't know I, I think you're right I think we need an extra event yeah that lasts a bit longer than the 31st of October and I do think it should be that is themed very specifically around celebrating 90s mm. uh, witchcraft uh, sapphic uh, sort of um, Boston-y movies yes yeah yes yeah Perfect. I think. Okay. I think we're actually done now. Cassie, yeah. maybe uh, please plug stuff for us. Tell us where we can do, find all your stuff. I am all over the internet at <laughs> Cassie Lorraine. And um, I'm not all over the internet. I can be found just at D8 Design Co. Instagram and website. <laughs> Sarah, where can we find you? I'm just still in my house forever, Alan. Um, my dog is screaming at me. Um, I am on Twitter at Grifsky. I'm on Instagram and the clock app at Sarah Grifsky. You can find Sparing Pen Parts and other words for smoke in all good bookstores. And I will have more news on future books very soon. That is me. What about you, Al? I am Alan underscore McGuire everywhere. Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter. Juvenalia pod on Instagram. Uh, we have a Patreon where we have loads of bonus episodes like 20. It's getting really good over there at There's the moment, There's over like 25 of them there. And we also have yeah, zines and all those zines, to go with each like, these episodes It's as real well. good over there. Yeah. yeah. You're missing out if you're not there. Genuinely. Yeah. Like, um, we have a lot of fun. So that's patreon.com slash juvenilia. Uh, thank you to Dean McDonald for our artwork. Thank you to Cassie Thanks, for Thanks, producing Cassie, this episode. Thanks, Cassie, in person. And thank you I'm to also Cassie going and to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you for being here. I'm going to do a Be Real live on the air. Hey. In real life. <laughs> There we go. You guys look beautiful. And I look like moderately deranged, which we love to see. Uh, I've got my three empty beers beside me, which is the best <laughs> way. Where everyone's best smile way to be. for a screenshot. Be real. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. All right. Love to see it. That's probably extracurricular for anybody listening on a podcast. But thank you, everybody. Goodbye. We will be back with non-spooky stuff next week. Normanelia. Normanelia. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.